Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. There's lots of books and podcasts and so on on giving feedback, but how do we go about receiving feedback? It's two halves of the equation. I'm joined today in the studio by Sam. G'day, Dom. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm looking to pick your brains for some wonderful insights on this topic, which is, you know, we as coaches and stuff, we give a lot of feedback or, or we help deliver feedback to people such as, you know, 360 surveys and so on, like the lifestyles inventory that we use. When the shoe's on the other foot and you're the person getting the feedback, what's a good way of doing it, I suppose, Sam? Mm, I've had lots of feedback in my life, <laughs> so it's uh, I've learned... and. It can sting sometimes. It can. It, it can really, it can really hurt because the truth hurts, and and feedback, as we often hear, is a gift. And and you'll get the feedback, and it might sting and hurt at the start, but there'll be truth in it. And and to to answer your question, I think you've got to listen to it, and you've got to really try and understand it. And when I say understand it, you've got to take from it the value that you can, mm. because the feedback will be someone's perception uh. of how you've impacted them or how you've landed in a situation. So I think, one, you've got to listen and, and take it on board. And secondly, you've got to extract the value from the insight that you've taken because uh. not always will it be helpful. Uh. So if we unpack that a little, Sam, how do we listen in a good way, I mm. suppose, right? Because you know, everyone talks about active listening and stuff like that, mm. but what does that look like? Yeah, good question. The first thing I, when we're doing sessions with our clients and I'm briefing, okay, now we're going to do a session where we're going to receive feedback. And I often say there's only one word I want to hear from people when you're receiving the feedback and that's thank you. So what I mean by that is don't jump to respond. Oh. How you would do that is just listen carefully, listen to what's being said, how it's being said, and in addition to saying thank you, you might say anything else. Ah. When else have, what else is, are you thinking about? And really try and extract that, those nuggets from the, the people and, and, uh, and ask questions to further probe what it is that they're trying to help you understand. And not from an aggressive point of view. And I oh, will give me an example when you often uh-huh. hear. Yeah, right. Uh, that was a question, wasn't it? Yeah, I often hear that. As a, when I hear that people, they're, they're not, when I hear that from people, they're saying, I don't believe what you're saying, so prove it to me. Mm. Or as a, from a passive style, you might just be quite meek and nod and, and sort of smile. But constructively receiving feedback is seeking to understand. Mm. Tell me more. Help me understand how that has, how that's showing up. Mm. I'd love to learn about how that impacts on you. I'm really grateful this is part of me being a better person, a better leader, a better whatever. Is there anything else on, on your mind? So I think being really curious, ah. being really humble, um, being really open to receiving the feedback because it is, it is a way for us to get a measure on how we're landing versus how we're intending to be. So what if, Sam, I got feedback and I really didn't, I was like, how do they see that? Like, What? That's not even close, you know, like I can see how that would trigger your defensiveness and, and your desire to say, well, hold on, 
that's not right. <laughs> yeah. So how how do you how do you I guess catch yourself in that moment? Yeah, it's a, it's I think catching that initial thought that's not right. I think being able to clock that is the first thing, and we teach some of these methods through extreme thinking in terms of a, a way of of capturing that thought or emotion before it becomes oh. a verbal spill oh. that can demonstrate a reaction that will take the conversation to a place that's not going to be constructive. But one of the ways that I use is I think just just clocking that thought, as you said, and breathing and labeling that emotion and saying that's frustration, that's anger, or that's worry, that's anxiety, and clocking it in your head and then giving yourself the ability to reframe your thinking so your response can be constructive, oh. you know, choose blue, oh. you know, energize blue as we would talk. So that would look like capturing the thought and saying that's not sitting well with me and it, this is all happening in your thinking and while, you, while someone's giving you the feedback and then what's the question that can energize blue? Tell me more. Oh. What else is on your mind? Uh, I'd love to understand how that makes you feel. Oh. You know, I think catching the thought and then quickly re-energizing into a more constructive mindset will allow you to get more value from the feedback because you're not shutting the person down. Uh, One, you're not shut down. You're open because when we go into defensive, we shut down. We stop listening. The wall goes up. Yeah. So staying mindfully, how do I shift to blue when I'm under threat? How do I shift to blue to allow that person to keep giving me the feedback? And one, secondly, for me to keep receiving the feedback in a way that I can do something with it. Mm. And so I think we often see this the most when it's a surprise. So... You know, in our world, with say LSI one and two, so people have done their own thinking, and then they've got feedback from other people, mm. and there could be a big disconnect between those two sometimes. So, you know, I see myself highly constructive, and other people say, "No, you're, you know, super aggressive," mm. for instance, and that can be the shock. And say, "Well, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't see it, or whatever." Is there a way to reframe that? I guess that experience from being—it's not so much. It's not you. Right, the LSI two is not precisely you. It's how people experience the behavior. And is there, if you kind of take that attitude, does that help you process it differently? Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's a fine line. It's not like discounting the feedback mm. and, and giving people an out. Mm-hmm. What I think it is is holding the positive tension in the conversation to say there's something here for you to think about. Mm something to reflect on. There might be some insight in here for us to leverage. But at the same time, it's, it's is this useful? The LSI 2 is a snapshot in time, I believe. It's almost like, like a dipstick in your car. You're sticking it in to check the oil and you're, you're getting a people's view of you over the last sort of six months. They're clocking the files in their mind. It'll go back six months on how you've shown up with me and I'm yep. going to answer that accordingly. So it's a snapshot in time. It's not it's not who you are, but it's how you've been perceived over six months. So I think you've got to balance that in your mind with how you utilize it. Mm. And you touched on the other side. One, I, I believe the feedback we give ourselves and the feedback that we get on ourselves via the other side one is so powerful, and that can be often confronting how we talk to ourselves. And that's feedback, right? That's how we that's how we talk to ourselves. That's the voice inside our head. So sometimes when you in a situation when that's confronting, and, and I've been in that situation personally, is just sitting with it and helping the person reflect with love and kindness to themselves versus critiquing or worrying in a way that's just going to keep them in a, in a 
in a mind frame that's not helpful. Mm. So I think it's a, it's a delicate job, that one, Dom, because I think depending on if it's external feedback or internal feedback, I think you've got to help the person take insight from it to move to action rather than sit in a place of stewing on it. I know I've noticed for myself, and I've seen it in other people too, people go into those the stages of grief almost, right? Mm. So the first thing, and even when it's your own LSI1 feedback, so you've filled it out for yourself, on yourself. So the only person giving you feedback is you. <laughs> Sample of one. But yeah. it's weird because people will push back on that too. Yeah. And they'll say, no, that's not right. Oh, it's just, it was that day. It mm. was that, well, when I filled it out, you know, it was a bad day or something, mm. yeah. which is kind of that bargaining or denial. Yeah, and resistant. Yeah. And I think when you're resistant to feedback, either through avoidance, you know, excuses or justifying mm. or defending, mm. you're not actually listening. Mm. You're not actually wanting to understand. You put the wall up, as you said. You've already dismissed what's being said because you're putting reasons why it's not valid. Mm. And I think that's a lost opportunity. And I think whether it be uh, self-feedback or feedback from a you know, a teammate, or a family member, if you go to excuses, then what you're sort of saying to yourself and that person is, I'm not actually interested in what you're telling me because I've got a reason why that is. Right. So I think that's a lost opportunity for anyone. If you want to improve yourself, if you want to continue to have a better impact on on the people around you, if you want to have a better relationship with yourself and with others, mm. then take it on board. You know, I think feedback in my experience often comes from, the best feedback often comes from your harshest critics. Mm. And the people that you maybe rub up against the most, when you get insight from them about how you are landing, you often get the richest data, I believe, on how you can improve your effectiveness. So don't shy away from those opportunities to get good insight because they're there and they're nuggets of gold that you can take on board and they've actually actually given you a real gift. And that may be from someone that you've not previously worked well with. So stay curious, stay humble and stay present to what's what's happening in that moment because there will be insight that you can grow from. It's almost like uh, I was doing the design thinking course with Darren, I think. We just did a podcast on it as well. Mm. We talk about extreme users, right? You look <laughs> at the extreme users. So you, know, you don't look at the kind of middle consumers, you look at the edges because they're the ones who are going to give you the most insight. And so it's almost the same way with something like the LSI, like who are you selecting to give you feedback, are you selecting mm. some of those more challenging relationships? Because maybe that will give you, you know, an interesting perspective on how you're landing. And you know they're challenging. So it's a good shout. You often see you often see leaders as human beings, we hang out with people like us, we be, and that becomes that's we're creatures of habit, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Mm. We in an LSI two environment it, it might be safe to find feedback from people that, that we know how we interact with and, and yeah. we have a, a constructive way of working. The opportunity, I believe, is to be courageous enough to seek that feedback from people that we don't land with as intended. We mm. know that there's rub points. Mm. We know that, that they spike something in us. They trigger something in us. Yeah, right. And I think that having the humility and the courage to want to seek that is as part of someone wanting to get better. Yeah, it's a great sign actually when you see that because it's someone who's open to developing. And it's also the reason why your results in the LSI are confidential to you, mm. right? And part of the reason is because if they weren't, guess what I'm doing? Like if, yeah. if we passed it on to the boss or something, 
then guess what I'm doing? I'm selecting all the people I love at work who get along really well with me and I'm going to get five-star reviews or whatever it is. But if you want to learn, you've got to pick some of those more challenging ones. And you see it, that happens a lot because that's, that's safe. That's, yeah. that's, I, I'm not going to be threatened. But you know, when, I, when I'm learning, well, actually, I believe you need to have a level of discomfort in your experience for you to learn. For you to create the new pathways in your brain to be able to clock what's being experienced, you need a level of stimuli or discomfort even to, you know, they say life begins at the end of your comfort zone, learning begins at the end of your comfort zone. So when you're uncomfortable about either feedback or some learning experience, that's when you know you're growing. Mm. So I think it's for, it to, uh, we talked about it stinging and hurting. I think you've, when that's happening, you, I think the note to self is, Okay, cool. So I'm growing here. I'm, I'm, be- I'm going to benefit from this as much as it short term, it's hitting my ego or it's hitting my, you know, it's putting me in a threat state. I know that I've got to, I will get something out of this if mm. I listen. Mm. So it's your, it's your interpretation of the situation going in. So what's, what's your mindset going in? Yeah. And how do you frame it up? Is this a threat or is this actually a reflection that I'm, I'm doing something here? Yeah. And how do I take a learning mindset? How do I take it that, you know, the old growth mindset, every, this is a learning opportunity. This is not a, you know, it's not a failure. It's a, a way for me to learn what to do different next time. Mm. And going in with that approach is a far more constructive way to benefit from the feedback than, than as we said before, people jump to defense mode. They go into defense mode, either fight or flight. They'll challenge you, mm. your validity. They'll challenge the data on the other side. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll give excuses as to why not that, you know, the dog was sick or lost my homework or whatever. When you hear that from people, I would say that you're not listening to what's being said. Mm. You're putting the walls up and putting the defense mechanism in place. And that's a survival tactic. That's completely human, completely natural response to discomfort. Our challenge as humans is to, as leaders, as people, is to, is to sit with that discomfort in a way that can allow the feedback to, to land with us so we can do something with it. What if we're in a feedback session, whether that be an LSI or, or something like that, or just, you know, just feedback from your manager or whatever, and the wall has gone up, right? Mm. It poked something in you and you're like, whoop, you know, mm. wall, wall up. How do you come back from there? You know, you, you notice it, you know, mm. you're in that spot. How do you come back from there? Yeah, it's, it's awareness is the first step and clocking it. If the wall's gone up, then there's a reason for it. Your brain's sensed threat in the environment. Mm. You've got to then distill, is this threat real? Is this, or is this just my brain trying to, you know, play tricks on me essentially? Mm. And I think to stay present, I think that's, it's that breathing. It's that bring yourself back to the moment, shifting, grabbing a glass of water, finding a way, a question or a, a statement that can re-energize you back into the moment. Right. It's a, almost a bit of a circuit breaker or something. It's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, it's a good term, a circuit breaker to reconnect with the conversation finding a question or an internal mantra that you might give yourself to to really stay on point to extract the most value from the conversation because oh. they they're willing enough to give you the feedback then you know your it's your miss if you're not willing to accept it mm. and feedback I love feedback I love that I love cultures that promote feedback I love you know relationships that promote honest feedback and you think about where you get the best feedback from it's it's from the those that are closest to you and often the the most compelling and sometimes (laughs) 
confronting feedback comes from those that love you most. <laughs> and so when I get feedback from people that's, that does, is confronting, I know it comes from a place of love, genuine love. And I mean that not just in a personal sense, but in a work sense. If someone I'm working with cares for me that deeply that they're willing to tell me stuff that they know is going to hurt me, but it's going to help me be better, then I really, after I can have the initial, oh, then I have a deeper respect and a deeper connection with that person because they've taken time out to courageously put themselves in a place that they know is going to be a difficult situation, but they're not steering away from it. They're leaning into it. And you, you amplify those one-on-ones across teams and across organizations. And that when you, that's when, you, I believe, you build cultures that can achieve breakthrough outcomes. So an interesting point I want to pick up on that was coming from people who have, have your best interests at heart, right? So that's the love thing, that they want to help you grow and develop. And that's partly why when, when we do the Lifestyles Inventory, the LSI with people, sometimes HR or whoever is organizing it, wants to make people get feedback from certain people. Mm. Like, Sam, I know you have rocky relationships yep. with the marketing team or whatever. Yep. So you are going to get feedback from them, which, you know, we were just talking about that's where, that's where your growth is. However, the caveat I'd add on that is you've got to believe that they have your best interests at heart. Yeah. And that's why we never say don't force people to have anyone, right? Because if, if you do, then the first thing I'm going to do is say, well, that's BS because you know they're this way or whatever. I'm going to reject the feedback mm. instantly, right? Because I didn't want it. You forced me to have it. So it's not about forcing people to have it, but it's inviting them to think about, you know, would it be useful? Mm. And so they've got to want it. I think you've got to want it as well as a participant. Yeah, I agree. And the other lens that I'd put over it is, how does this serve me? When I, a great piece of advice I got off a, a mentor once was, when you get feedback, the lens to run it through is, how is, will this feedback serve me? Is it going to contribute to what I'm working toward or is it, or is it not? Mm. And then make a call, post, do the listening, do the understanding, seek more. Mm. But once you've got that, then it's a choice point. Mm. does this feedback serve me or does it actually not add value to where I'm going? Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's being open to it. But once you've got it, then making a choice, what am mm. I going to do with it? And will I implement this feedback or will I discard it because it's not adding any value? And I think that's the role of a leader is to be open to data, be open to feedback, but then choose what you're going to take on board and what you're going to let go of. Yeah, that's huge because, yeah, not all feedback is necessarily useful. <laughs> feedback. No, often it's not. It's Often the feedback is not coming from a good place. As you said, if you mm. people uh, will be threatened by you, particularly in leadership roles, you find leaders will have an impact on people that, that spikes something in them. And particularly if you are holding accountability that hasn't been held before mm. or you're implementing a new strategy or vision or culture expectation, mm. you will get resistance. Resistance can come with feedback that they try and land on your lap that's more about them than about you. Because mm. remember, feedback is how I see you through my own lens. Mm. And so I'm actually giving you some feedback on on how I'm seeing you show up, which is based on how I want you to be versus how necessarily you are. So mm. I think you've got to make sure that you take it in, in the right measure, feedback. Use it if it adds value and discard it if it's not if it's not going to serve you. I think that's a great point, Sam. And I think that it sums it up nicely for me. So it was, it was really those two halves, which was around listening 
and being open to that and, and not pushing back, but asking, being curious, mm. asking what else, I think is a great question, you know, and thanking people for the feedback. But it doesn't mean you necessarily have to accept all the feedback, right? So once you have get it all, get it all, because they're offering it, take it all in and then say, you know, is this serving me? What value mm. does this add for me, this insight? And then take on board, you know, and implement basically what, what makes sense. Mm. And that's that, for me, that's self-actualizing. I think being comfortable in my own skin to hear everything, but then making sure that I continue to head toward the vision that I've set for myself, my future self, my best self, and some of that feedback will help, but some of it won't. So I think it's then being open with it, being comfortable enough with it, but benefiting from what can help and letting go of what doesn't help. Because, you know, getting feedback that we don't like can often, it could sour a relationship as well. And it can really sort of send a relationship, you know, off because someone's felt they had permission. They felt the courage to put it forward. And I've been in this situation where I've given feedback and it wasn't necessarily that well received. And what did sour the relationship and and I think you as the receiver of feedback, you've got to be open to it. But as then if you on the other foot, you've got to make sure that you've the person's ready to receive it. They've you've sought permission almost. You've you've created that environment where can, you know, I've observed some things of late, Dom. I really want to understand if I can help you, would you be open to some feedback? I think, you know, receiving feedback is important, but at the same time, make sure as the provider of feedback you're person you're giving it to is open to receive it mm. yeah i love that and just before we sign off on this one sam just um reminded me as well another culture bites episode to check out for people listening it was just a few episodes ago with with sue and we talked about after being debriefed in the lsi how can you go back into the workplace and have some of those conversations right so we've got the report we've mm. got the data how do we go back and you know ask for more feedback, basically, and, and be curious with those results. So, I think what I love about the, the LSI is it just creates such a great framework for a good, honest chat. Yeah. It just creates a, a framework for us to have a, a chat around what's going well and what's not, whether it be around my individual or my effectiveness with you, the team, the business. So it's a great place to, to say what needs to be said. Mm. And you can use that framework as a way to not feel like you need to be personal or tacking or defensive. It just it is can, what it is. It is what it is. And you allow that conversation to evolve based on what the framework can you can operate within in a way that gives you freedom within the framework of the LSI to say, hey, look, you've shown up here. What, you know, help me understand. What did you feel when you saw that? Can you think of any times when that may have come across that way to people? Who else do we need to talk to to get some more? You know, how do you stay curious? How do you stay humble? So you can continue to extract the value from what is an amazing self-awareness tool. That's mm. what it is. And and self-awareness is the goal through this tool. So, you know, being open to learn more about ourselves from ourselves and from others is, mm. is such a gift, I reckon. Fantastic. I love it. All right, Sam. Thanks, thanks for your dog. time. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyright by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. 
To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.